previously on Box Cutters. Like, I, I would have loved someone to go, you know, it's okay to be shy and, and weird and... Uh, Look, I agree, but are those people watching the ABC properly? or are they... Did you say yeah. lick girls properly? Yeah, but I just met on the face. Yeah. No, he was talking about licking my face well, earlier. I, okay. In his defence. And so that's why it's in my... Yeah. That wasn't on air, though, was it? That was just no, a weird no, private moment. No, it's yeah. slipped but out. But that's... Hello and welcome to Box Cutters, episode 299. Give me a foot. <laughs> my name is Josh Canal. To my left, Courtney Hocking. With voice paint on. And to my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. And it's <sighs> evening Australian time. Feels good to be home. Feels different. You know, you know what I like about it? So, Courtney, you, you weren't with us in uh, in Austin, Texas. Sadly, no. Uh, so, I was with you in spirits. Yeah. We Baileys. The, we got the spirits. Yeah. No Baileys. <laughs> no Baileys. There were lots of other spirits, though. Yeah. This is the thing about Austin. Like, you, you arrive. You arrive. You land, you pick up your luggage, you get to where you're staying, and then they open up your mouth and then just pour alcohol down. The that throat. sounds terrible. I can't so, imagine you enjoyed that at all. Followed by barbecue. And then, Risk it. and then suddenly it's like, oh, and now it's time for you to go home. Oh, that sounds like the best place in the entire world. It's, I think you went to heaven. It, it was great. So thank you so much to everybody who helped us get there. Yes. Uh, everybody who donated every little bit of that $6,000, uh, it... Uh, ended up being a great show. Uh, we've got that recorded. We've got it filmed. Uh, for those of you who are uh, $50 or over, you get the special filmed version. Uh, and and that'll uh, be going on the video podcast feed. Actually, uh, don't wave because there, there is no video po- podcast. What that's going to be is a special filmed <laughs> version Finger. of the live show Finger for gun. people. I went to Adelaide. Yeah, how was that? Great. Coming up later <laughs> in... Uh, in episode 299. You know, it's, it's, it is freaking me out a little bit that we recorded episode 300 before we recorded 299. It's messing with my Asperger's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, we've got Marie Hardy coming in. She's going to talk to us uh, all about Laid Season 2 and uh, and what that's about. It's and exciting. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to learn important, exciting box covers related special guest stars of that season as yes. well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know what? I can't wait to hear. Yeah. Melbourne Comedy Festival's coming up. Yes. And, uh, and it gets shown on the Channel 10. Yeah, you, the, the viewers at home do get to enjoy some of the comedy festival, but not all of it. Mm. So we're going to find out what those differences are. We've got one thing. We've got some pork. As always, they're going to kick things off with the Box Cutters News. Brett Cropley, uh, you've been speaking to ABC's Mark Scott. Yes, Mark Scott, uh, and he told me that uh, he's he's had a bit of a word with the staff at the ABC and he thinks that it's enough that they actually put some time into properly reporting stories. He's had enough of that, ABC News 24. It's not what that's about. It's about breaking the stories. It doesn't matter, if, doesn't matter how much of uh, the detail they've got. They just have to get it out there as so, quickly as possible. So less he... being the ABC and more being like everyone else, effectively. Yes. <laughs> he thinks staff are too preoccupied with the technical details of a news story while the while other outlets are breaking the story. So, so All right, here's, here's, a, here's a thing for Mark Scott. I was watching ABC 24 mm. when the, uh, the, the 
uh, Gillard Challenge. Gillard, Gillard Rudd Challenge was happening. Mm-hmm. And tweets had come in about the numbers in the caucus. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, ABC News 24, rather than concentrating on the details and getting the facts right, reported the tweets. Yeah, see, I don't want to watch that, because if I want someone to report the tweets, I'll do that with my eyes into my own head. And that's and that's what they're doing, breaking stories. They're breaking stories by reporting what's on Twitter. Which is not... I think it's... I mean, you can use that as a source, but what I watch ABC News 24 is not for that. I watch the ABC to get the correct factual details of whatever the story is. I wonder if Mark Scott, when he was at South by Southwest, went to see uh, executive editor of of the New York Times uh, speak about why the New York Times uh, manages to maintain the quality that that it does and... Mm. uh, and the reason was they focus on the content. They focus on getting it right. Now, if anyone's if anyone's ever heard a rumor on Twitter and then tried to look for clarification on New York Times, the New York Times does not necessarily break that story. The New York yep. Times will wait until they have the facts as correct as possible before before launching that story. But does any? I think the conundrum of any business is choosing two of quality, speed, and cost. Yes. So. What I expect from the ABC may not be, it's really cheap, <laughs> like, or well, how much money they're putting into it, yeah. but I expect it to be good quality. Qu- qual- quality and, and cost. And cost. That's, that's the things you get from the ABC. But in terms of speed, you know, I can get, I can get it from Channel 9 that something's happening. I can get that from Twitter. But if I want to know more about it, I go to the ABC, and I don't think they should be just selling that up the river because... That's not what everybody else does. And, and I think, actually, looking at the ABC Charter, uh, where the ABC is required to uh, give a service that isn't given by mm. anybody else on, on television... Mm, that's a good point. ...everybody is doing the breaking news without the details. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, yeah, we go to the ABC for the details. Mm. So, Mark Scott... I invite you on to box cutters mm. uh, to uh, to answer for yourself. Uh, Allstar and Foxtel are emerging this week to form what can only be called... Oxtel? <laughs> Fox, Foxtel? Foxtel. Oztel? Oztel? You'll tell your Fox, friends about Foxtel. Foxtel, that's good. That's yeah, catchy. Go. That's catchy. Let's stick with that. <laughs> Let's go with Foxtel. <laughs> they merge together and they form Foxtel. Mm. A brand new organisation. Yep. Foxtel. With, with like a, a star where the X is. Uh, new chief executive, uh, Richard Frodenstein. <laughs> Frodenstein. Frodenstein. Frodenstein, let's just call him Richard F., uh, told the Australian that he wants to get 50% of all Australian homes signed up to Foxtel. But he also said, there is no timeline for that. <laughs> That's, I like that. I like it. He set himself a goal, but whenever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what, I like, what I like about this is it's obviously, like, he's, he's taken over from Kim Dalton, who went to uh, mm. news, and, and he has gone, right, it is... <laughs> Largely, it's not a sinking ship, but it's it is taking on a lot of water. Mm, yeah, I want to caption it as best I can, <laughs> but I don't want to be accountable for anything. Smart, smart. I I don't want to have the coast guard calling me on my mobile saying, <laughs> "Get back to your ship." He's got ladies to romance, man. Like, good on it. He, he did this entire interview with uh, with the Australians media section where. He said a whole world of nothing. Lastly in the news, 
HBO and David Milch and Michael Mann have pulled the curtain around luck. I can't believe it. It's because Courtney didn't like it. I can't believe it. They've brought out the screen. Yep. So this year I've taken down MTR and I've taken down the horses. So hang on, hang on. Which I said pulled the curtain around luck. Yep. And Brett's saying the joke wasn't funny because it needed to be screen, not curtain. No, I'm just I'm just putting out that's the actual terminology when when a horse goes down at the racetrack. I and think have in to terms shoot of word screen is better, but you could have left curtain and everyone would have known what you meant. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I thought. I think you're, you're trifling. Why is he heckling? I'm not. Why is he heckling? Because comedy festival's coming up. He's just getting his. It's uh, getting his. It's not on. helpful. I've that never sort tried of, that. that sort of feedback. Don't. <laughs> I will punch you in the face on behalf of whoever's on so, the So, Courtney, you killed MTR yep. and then you killed Luck, a show that lots of people were enjoying. But yeah, but you they went, were wrong. But you went, no, I'm not going to let them enjoy it. I'm going to kill three horses and make them cancel it. Well, if that's what it takes. I'm a can-do sort of girl. So the last horse that died. So two horses had already uh, died. And nothing. When... Everyone insisted on going ahead despite the deaths of two noble horses. <laughs> noble. Noble. Noble horses. You know those horses, those horses that I sold murdered. poison milk to children. <laughs> you know that, don't you? Mm, salty horse meat. <laughs> uh, and then the, the last horse kind of just died. Going back to the stables, like there was, yeah. it just reared it, up. It reared you know up and happened? died. It saw some of the show. Oh, Courtney! And went, I can't live anymore. Oh. It's for the best. <laughs> and that is the Box Cutters news. Hi, Rob Reilly, executive producer of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? You're listening to Box Cutters, and I'm here with three of the most handsome men I think I've ever met in my entire life. Brett Cropley, about six years ago. Mm-hmm. Now, six years ago, we were in this building, but in a different studio, mm-hmm. and we had, I think, our first ever guest. Maybe Ooh. one of our first, one of our first ever guests yep. uh, was. Uh, do you remember the Henderson kids? Yes, right, little girl from the Henderson kids. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, came she was on. Awesome, precocious. Yeah, she was great. She's, yep, she, she was great. She had pigtails and stuff, and and she's just excellent. Well, that little girl's grown up, and she knows Marie Cardi, who is our guest <laughs> this week on Box. Anita Serdic again. <laughs> my God, <gasps> Marie, thanks, thanks for coming back. It's been ages. I wasn't sure what you were going to say because I've got such a long history with Triple R and because the old show that I did Best of the Brat we used to do a stripathon every year and take off it and I thought that was leading to Brett the last time we're in this studio with um, this person we had no clothes on but I don't think either of you Brett you nuded up Josh was and I did yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah yeah you did I think yeah. the last time we were in the uh, oh, <laughs> precious memories the first time we met Marik I wasn't was, wearing clothes. You you were you were Hooray! and then it's you and then, <laughs> and you, then weren't, you weren't oh. and then I had to go on air because <laughs> I, I was I was doing the graveyard straight yes. after Best of the Brat. Yeah, with that and right pungent smell of fear was, loitering was, in the studio down, afterwards. Wipe yeah. down the seats. Oh, it was I'm horrible. Sorry, yeah. But your mum made a lovely cake, <laughs> and that and that made it all better. <laughs> See, and what and yes. what I remember, what I remember is the cake. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's all I try and remember from that yeah. time as well. My poor parents. Oh, I would always tell them not to listen to Best of the Brat because it was so revolting in a fun way, but mm. it was so sexy sex times. And, you know, you tell them not to listen, but I'm an only child. They listen to everything I do. That's, like, that's awkward. Like, don't read the, 
the piece in the Herald Sun of oh you read it you read yeah. it oh, done yeah. see my parents I can just pretend it didn't happen and if can I don't you? tell them it didn't happen do you have brothers and sisters one older brother that's all it takes he's, if you don't, yeah. you've got no sponge if you don't have brothers that's and true. sisters you've got no one else to take it and he's married now so he's allowed to have sex <laughs> I'm That's saving myself. Marie Cardi, you had a show called Laid. Yes, uh, I still and, do. And it, was, and it was successful, and ABC said, we'll have another one of those, thank yeah, you. Yeah, bless them. But at the time, at the time that you were writing it, at the time that you were producing it, uh, for those who don't know, Laid is, uh, is, is about uh, a woman who... Uh, Everyone she's ever had sex with in her life starts dying in order. That's right. the best way. I think that's the best praise. In order. Yeah. So she's got a cursed vagina. Well, one could put it that way. That's that's the bad luck. It's very relatable. That's the, yeah. that's, the, that's how Am I, I read right, it. ladies. <laughs> that's how I read it in the Green Guy. That's the premise of the show. But mm. the show is is so much more than the premise. We we spoke a little bit uh, on Boxcars a few weeks ago about the difference between. Uh, a premise and then what you need for each episode to be yeah, a standalone yeah. and, and worthwhile. But then the end of that series, you finished on kind of a cliffhanger. Not kind of. Exactly a cliffhanger, <laughs> as we would call it. Well, I was, I was going to give you an out. No. That is, how it, do you do? She's tapping on your shoulder saying, are you dead or not? Like, that's not, and then it goes clear. to black. Yeah. 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 Still, very similar to the end of The Sopranos. Yeah, yeah. We, we are a very similar show to The Sopranos. Mm. Yeah. I didn't want to say. No, it's yeah. true. Mm. Uh did you know that you were going to get a second series at that point? No, not at all. And, you know, it's not a cynical exercise because I realised after it was pointed out to Kirsty, who I write with and I, that we had a cliffhanger ending to Last Man Standing, which is a series, a commercial series we worked for Channel 7, which is a, considered a bit of a, a failure for Channel 7. But we, I think that ending was already written by the time we got to shoot it and then it was all done. Yep. We weren't trying to be assholes about it, you know, like go, Haha, what's going to happen next? Now you'll never know. Yeah. But... I don't know. It's not on purpose. And we don't write it going, well, if we do this, they're going to have to give mm. us it. Like, I, d- I, don't, I don't think that would be a very kind way to write a series, like trying to coerce a network into giving you a second no. series. You know, you just – I thought it was a really – I wanted to know, did he live or die? And I thought, wow, what a great point to, to leave it on, you mm. know. Has it fixed everything or is everything going to continue? We, uh, we we had Toby Truslove uh, in... Lucky you! He's in, such in, a great fellow, isn't he? And yes. and we asked him uh, if he is alive or dead, and he said yes. Uh, <laughs> the, the It is... it is. Were you worried about writing yourself into a corner? No. No, I don't think so. I think we spoke to a lot of people about what, do you think he's alive? Do you think he's dead? Like, what do you, you know, not that we were trying to steal Crowd, ideas from everybody. Crowdsourcing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much we stole all the ideas. Um, <laughs> but we, we tried out lots of different ideas and what we thought and we're really happy with what we came up with. The, the interesting thing we've had with Series 2 is that it's directed by Abe Forsyth, who played Charlie in Series 1. Oh. So he's obviously on set because he's yeah. directing the thing. And we're like, we can't get any on-set photos in case people get, you know, either oh, get a story get point idea. or they get confused and think he's in it or they don't think. Like, yeah. I'm still not going to give anything away. But, um, yeah, I mean, so clearly he's a presence in Series 2 because he directed the damn thing and did a very fine job as well. The... Uh, th- the the first series was really well received, uh, so well received that the ABC is showing it again in 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 a fairly prime time slot. 
uh, starting next week, I believe. Yeah, I think it starts on the 22nd. Well, I don't know what... I mean, you know, you work in um, television and film and all that sort of stuff. I can't remember the last time I heard a 10.30 ABC2 slot as prime time, but it is an ABC2 slot that we're in. It's... I think I don't think it's misleading to call it prime time. Well, I think yeah. it's, you know, it's, I it's prime love time for ABC students. Too, so you don't even need to convince me. I I can't believe that Annabelle Crabbe's kitchen cabinet was on ABC Two. That really surprised me that that yeah. was up against Outland. I thought that was a really weird decision and kind of might have split the audience a little bit. Mm. But ABC Two always has awesome stuff on it. I'm not just saying that because yeah, the no, one is yeah. about to be on it, but yeah, I always think that's a really exciting place for them to either, I mean, Miles Barlow was on ABC2, they either try out stuff and then move to ABC1. The Zura Project was ABC2. Yeah, Sunday yeah. Best I'm really enjoying as well, which What's is uh, uh, Christy Best's uh, pre- presents oh, a, document- yeah. a film documentary. This week with uh, King of Kong. Yeah, King of Kong was uh, last, last yeah, Sunday. Yeah, I read a review of that. I yeah, think yeah. ABC2 is like their younger station. That's it it's the cool ABC that they would have if they didn't have to be the ABC. What were we trying to... Oh, I think Kirsty and I were trying to make them get Tim and Eric on ABC too. Mm. And mm. I think that either tried and couldn't afford it or Fox... Like someone had picked... Like, so, but, I mean, Tim and Eric is, to me, the perfect thing for AB, late night ABC too, where something's mm. so messed up that people... You know, and I, it is... It's either a, a ground for comedy that they feel too nervous yeah. about to put on ABC One because ABC has a very set audience. Mm. Um, well, 10.30, it's late line. Yeah, <laughs> or laid, <laughs> yeah. one of the two. There you go. Um, so, yeah, so they're going to run So going to run Series 1 again and, you know, Series 2 is on in the first half of this year. That's all I want to tell oh, you. Oh, know, ABC. My hands are tired. <laughs> You're always so mysterious. Well, well, I'm just, <laughs> Getting I'm just off gonna, on being withholding. I'm just going to guess, based on what Channel 9 did with The Sopranos in Again, the parallels, mm. too hard to ignore. But you uh, thought when, that when you wrote it. Yes. When they, uh, was that when it moved after midnight? Well, no, it's, it's when Channel 9 said The Sopranos is returning yes. and, then they, and then they played Series 3 <laughs> before playing Series 4. To remind you. Just of, to remind you of what happened. That was good, yeah. That, yeah. Oh, maybe it was Series 2 instead of it, it, just before playing Series And then they just rolled straight into it. Yeah, mm. right. I think that's what the ABC is going to do. Do you think that, so do I, you, Josh? So I am going to tell people to just, just set, <laughs> your, set your Strap PVRs. yourself in. Set your PVRs for uh, Wednesday night, <laughs> 9.37 weeks from now on ABC One. That's what I'm going to say. Good that um, you would say that, I'm and as point. an upright employee of the ABC, I'm saying nothing. No, you say you say nothing. Good. I'm basing everything on uh, the it's a ABC. numbers game, Josh. It's, it's a numbers game. The ABC nothing. just copies. The ABC just copies what Channel Nine yeah, did. That's why there's so many more ago. boobs on Channel Two now. Oh, I just got it Channel 2. How cute. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Aww. <Point>. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I was going to say, did they pick up Game of Thrones? Oh, I had a sexy dream about Peter Dinklage last oh, night. wow. Yeah, it Jealous. was great. Yeah, yeah. We kissed. Oh, he's so hot. Yeah, I know. I know. He's smoking. <sighs> it's those dreams that you have that maybe if you're feeling a little bit down on yourself and you dream that a celebrity really likes you. Yeah. Yeah. My friend um, Sarah, who's a very lanky lady, once had a dream about Matt Dillon and he turned to her and went, tall skinny chicks are cool. <laughs> and I have those sort of oh. dreams all the time. It's either some celebrity going, oh, I wish I could have you. You're yeah. so pretty and, and smart. And you wake up going, oh, I kind of am. But don't you, don't, yeah, you wake up the next morning going, oh, this, I'm so hot. I'm walking yeah. down the street. I totally Peter did Dinklage it with- want to kiss me. Yeah. 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 
Anyway, Brett, this, hi. This was this was about television. Like, it's like still just about moments television. ago, just moments on ago. Television. It's still about television. And yeah, you're you're loving just hearing about ladies' sex dreams. <laughs> That's look look at the look at his face. That's, gonna, is that why he took his clothes off again? It, it oh. is, and I just precious memories, <laughs> like old times. Uh, series one, yes. Was quite well received. Yeah, I look. I mean, I think it was middle well received. You really? know, I um, I don't know. The thing about numbers on the ABC is that when you make a show, they go, "We don't care about ratings. We don't care about ratings." You know, and they are really supportive of like little short run six week comedy series, mm-hmm. which I love and I think is so great because you get Lawrence Long on there, you get Outland on there, you get the librarians on there, you get these little kind of six week things. Which, if they don't do amazing numbers, is it that it's much of a big deal? World. It's not like the ABC has thrown their entire budget in there and you know everyone's going to lose their jobs i assume you didn't get asked to be part of the agony uncles which is uh, starting up next I week i didn't and adam swar adam swar has plotted with us on for late as well um no i'm very offended but that looks amazing to me he showed us some shorts of that that looks really good mm-hmm. I, I really like that adam swar has made this show i think it's a really good weird idea your show deals with sexuality a mm. lot deals with uh with female sexuality and and the idea that uh that women can just have sex, which is something that we don't see a lot of on Australian television. But if you do have television. sex, you'll be punished. That's, and which is, that's good. I think it's important that yeah. you get and that this message is, across. This is, cause, cause I, was, uh, I was speaking to a friend from New Zealand uh, who uh, was saying that on Australian TV, we just don't have sex. We don't have sex for the sake of having sex. It's true. That it's, it's just not in Do they in have it in New Zealand? A lot. That seems weird. <laughs> a lot. In fact, Outrageous Fortune starts with it. I don't know. That's, that's the opener. and I find that confronting. And then, and then a, sh- <laughs> a show like Laid where uh, someone does have sex, they feel free to have sex, and then they get punished for it. Oh, there's no... Yeah, look, I, you know, I think I read something on Twitter or someone going, nice slut shaming, and I went, what? Oh, God. That was- no, not at all. It's oh, really she's interesting. She's hardly a slut. She's had I know. like six people. I know. No, 23. <laughs> 23. Um, uh, but, but the whatever. thing is, like, it was never seen to me as no. you are punished for having that sex. For me, what the heart of it is, I mean, the, the situation is so absurd and so surreal. Mm. It's... Uh, you know, we t- high fidelity was a really good point of reference for us because it was, mm. you know, John John mm. Cusack going to like, who were you when you were with that person? What sort of state were you in? And in a situation where you're forced to revisit those, so we came up with this really kind of high drama situation where you're forced to revisit those people that you've had sex with. That you know, um, so for me, it wasn't about that she was being punished for it. And I do like that you know there are people that she had sex with. She can't remember one of their names, mm. or you know. And there's this the scene. One of the scenes I love in series one is Toby gathering all the exes together at a, <laughs> the at a pub. Yeah, that's great. And she comes in there, and they're all kind of you know. I really, I never saw it as yeah. There was I no think, punishment. And I certainly don't. Um, I certainly think that intention comes across. Like I didn't. I certainly wouldn't view it in the way that. Oh yeah, she's being punished. No, for that. it's an emotional. It's, a it's for me. It's about revisiting your exes yeah, and what you do. Whether scary. you sit in with the you know the shoebox full of old letters when you look back and go, oh god, I can't believe I had sex with you know broke nose Tony or whatever the person is. Yeah. And do you have to contact broke nose Tony? And you know, for the, us the, the heightened situation was that what if broke nose Tony had died and you have to go see his sister and you're like broke nose Tony, he was an ass. Yeah. You know, how do you bring and that I up? Loved I just love the awkward potential of that. So, mm. for, you know, I guess when people kind of layer that on going, yeah, no, I thought it was... And I think she's a very sexually liberated woman, you know. What, why do you think that as Australians we're, we're quite willing to see uh, tits and ass on television but we're not willing to see 
sex for sex's sake. Oh, what about underbelly? Matthew oh, well, Newton had is... a lot of sex for oh. sex's sake. No, 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 that was... Well, you were uncomfortable with the New Zealand thing and now we're all uncomfortable. Yeah, so. no, um, sorry. No, I don't know. And I, look, I don't... <sighs> I don't know. I'm quite prudish, so that sounds really weird, but I don't like, you know, I went to see the vibrator play at the MTC, which had um, Jackie McKenzie in it, and it was about the invention of the vibrator, which was done in a time where I don't know that my uh, history's the, not very good, but the there hysteri- were lots of bustles. Hysterical, hysterical yeah, women. Everyone had bustles on. And, um, <laughs> and so that should give you a sort of vague idea. And it was, you know, women who had hysteria being treated by having a vibrator on, they were also going, mm. woo and up in stirrups on the stage. And oh I, I actually saw it with Toby Truslove. I was, I felt so awkward. I don't, that makes me feel really awkward. So I don't necessarily like putting a scene you're like, everyone, and there's mm. no sex really in Laid. You know, there's like scenes that start with someone lying down on a bed and kissing, cut two. You know, yeah, I just, I, it makes me feel awkward in a, particularly in a series that's a black comedy. I don't think you need to see someone pumping away and looking sweaty. <laughs> so... But uh, yeah, no. I look. I think Lady is a very non-sexual series about sex, which you know. And I don't really want to bring my book into it that much. But having I've just done the Perth Writers Festival, mm-hmm. and I had to do you know a lot of panels. And they're like, "There's so much sex in your book." I'm like, "There's no, there's no sex in my book." There are two stories that are about me not having sex in a situation that is sexually awkward. And I guess for the sake of publicists, they have to push it as like, "This is a sexy sex book." You're like, "No, there's no sex in it." But and I think, think Lade's the same. I you think know? if you have. I think if you are female and you are fairly confident in being kind of sensual in the language that you use and also the way you portray yourself and yet you don't, you know, talk about sex all that much or, you know, in your case, have it in your book or in your TV show, people read it in because they're comparing you to people who just don't do it at all. Yeah. Like, and a lot, and on television, as Josh was saying, we just don't see it. So no, the sexually, it, the, the sexually liberated women in underbelly are just taking their tops off. That's right. Yeah. Really. That's, that's it. it. Yeah, though. that is it. So if, you're, if you sort of present yourself in a sexually liberated sort of way, people, I think, read into that. Yeah. Well, that's but, if they, but, if look, but if they look between the... If they read between the lines, there's yeah. no sex in my book and there's no sex in Laid. Like, there really mm. is. It's all talked about and in a, yeah. hopefully in a funny, sweet, gauche way. But it's like in Seven... You, you, in the film Seven, you don't see any of the hor- horrific, violent acts. You just see everything that relates to them, and, yeah. and your mind does does the rest of the work. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, what made me feel really awkward in the first series <laughs> of Laid? I like hearing these. Yes, uh, was my was, parents in episode me. six playing Toby's parents? I thought well, so because of the cake. Nice yeah, cake. Good <laughs> cake. Good cake. Uh, mattress on the front lawn. Was is there? There's something about a mattress on the front lawn. She she'd thrown out the bed because they'd and, broken up. And then they sleep on the bed, the dirty, dirty. It's it's thrown out, and it's a hygiene issue. Is what you're saying? Yes. Oh no, no. I think you've misread something. Have you I? think that Rue and Zach sleep on the mattress that that, that she's thrown no, out? No, no. That's Zach's bedroom. That's Zach's bedroom with a futon. Oh, oh so you've been disgusted Take it by something back. that exist. That's I, really gross. I would agree with you that that's, <laughs> that's gross, disgusting. but that's, that's an incorrect You've offended her by insinuating such a thing. Right. No, no, I'm not offended. I'm, I can see why that you would think that, but it's one of those, I guess it's one of those things that when you're in the 
the rush mm. of, of production, you just go, well, he, that we cut to his bedroom and then the art, the art department come in, they put him on a futon. You go, well, of course, I know that's Zach's bedroom. Um, that's what, what it looks like in his house. I was probably, I was probably too busy uh, texting you a line that I really liked. Oh, uh, yeah. We had to, in that, in that Zach one, we had to cover up all the drones posters because Dan Luscombe from the drones <laughs> is the show's composer. Oh. He writes all the music and he's, the music in series two is so amazing. So amazing. So I thought it would be really weird and a bit self referential to go exactly and i thought he wouldn't love the drones anyway he's too much of a dickhead (laughs) well it's it's, you know i'm gonna have to familiarize myself with uh with with season one 10 30 on abc2 on 22nd 22nd thursday thursday night i think so i think that's right let's uh let's yeah let's let's just pretend that's that's thursday or wednesday it's one of them uh thursday night 22nd of march 10 30 ABC two. Yes, I believe. And then let's just assume that seven weeks from now, nine thirty PM Wednesday night on ABC one, late season two will uh, will start because that would be really good programming across hey, the two. Hey, I never thought of that, but it actually would be quite. That good. would be really good. Yeah, that would be really good. I can see. If only different that. parts of the ABC spoke to each other. <laughs> all right, Cardi. Yes. I, I wish you all the best. Thanks. Everyone keeps telling me that um, series two is much darker and more messed up than series one. And it's a difficult it's second difficult, album. Yes. Oh no! I but I don't see that. Like other people who are in the edit going, Neither did the Stone you're not going to get away with that." Oh, great! What a great comparison. Thank you <laughs> so album, much. I love Second Coming. That album is great. Oh gosh, I'm going to have a disastrous Glastonbury <laughs> show. I can just see it. Oh, um, and then you'll break up with yourself. Yeah, not the first time. Um, but yeah, no. Everyone keeps telling us that. Uh, the Damon Harriman is in Series Two, who was actually in um, the Sullivans. My dad produced. My dad took Damon Harriman to the Logies <gasps> when he was being uh, nominated for best newcomer or best youngie whatever oh, the best wow. youngie Little one puppies. is yeah. and you know Damon Harriman had this massive head like uh, me as a child and as a grown up and um, my dad <laughs> remembers like I don't know if my dad was like you know his escort not in a sexy way but no. you know like you know as, like as the Sullivan's person so Damon and I had this really long history I mean you know and um, and they sort of reunited during late he and my father oh, which was such an amazing great. actor he's as well so he's so incredible mind blowing he was he's so good and so weird and so strange and <laughs> Uh, which is so great. He just plays, you know, he's playing the, the, the sex healer, really. And um, I guess he, he's, done, he's done an episode of Breaking Bad. Yeah. And I didn't know. I watched that whole episode and then went, hang on, where is he? Yeah. And then went back and went, oh, my God, yeah. that was him. Yeah. Amazing. He's, done, he's always like CSI meth head. You know, but he, <laughs> yeah, gets, he does a lot of meth head And he stuff. was, when he first tested for the role, I went, not too handsome. No way too handsome. But too gee, handsome. he uglies up nice. He really does. Doesn't and he's he? such a good actor. Good yeah. actors can get away with anything. Yeah, you know? I, got to, I got to meet him because you very kindly um, asked me to be a person yes. that says one thing. In, in a, and you do it very well <laughs> as well. Thank you. Thank you. Marie Cardi, thank you so much. Uh, and, Thanks uh, for having me. And we're really looking forward to late season two. Me too. I'm so curious. Hi, I'm Adam Zwa. You might recognise my voice from ads before Australia Post. An HBA, or maybe from the phone calls I make to your house late at night. That's right. I make phone calls to your house late at night. I'm Adam Zwar, and you're listening to Box Cutters. Courtney Hawking, you're a comedian. What? Yeah, I totally am. Yeah, I was funny last week. Like every day last week, I was funny. You were you were heaps you were heaps funny Today in, I the, made a child in the centre south of uh, Australia. <laughs> yeah, for money even for money, not just like. 
in the street. And not even in a dirty Rush Limbaugh way. <laughs> well, as far as you know. Yeah. No. No, it was legitimately funny. Le- legitimately funny, legitimately paid. <laughs> uh, Melbourne International Comedy Festival. One In Melbourne, we like to say, one of the three big comedy festivals in the world. The thing is, one of those isn't a comedy festival, it's a fringe festival, yeah. and the other one is an invitation only. Mm. Uh, so why don't we just say the biggest open comedy festival in the world? Yeah, and it is, and it's the you know the biggest money-making festival or event that it happens in Victoria also. Yeah, heaps, um, heaps more than the flower show. Yeah, <laughs> which takes over my backyard. That's my backyard, those gardens. Oh, I w- gardens. I'm not going to be able to walk through it for like a whole month, you really? rich bastards. Ah. Anyway, the comedy festival. Um, I wanted, I've been thinking a little bit about, because it starts next week, obviously. Um, not obviously. To what's the people that know, sorry. Pe- people, 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 who are listening, people who are listening to this in the future, when did it start, Courtney? Uh, it March started on the 28th of March. 28th. And it finishes on the 22nd of April. So it goes for about a month. Um, they move it around a bit. But I think it's it's very different what you see on the television as the comedy festival and what the actual comedy festival is like on the ground, per se. Okay, so, so again, this is a unique experience. Like, I, I have quite a unique experience for, uh, for, for comedy festival. You do? But... As as a punter, I would uh, just feel like I was at the Melbourne Town Hall, overwhelmed by people waiting in queues, uh, and I would maybe see one show a night, or maybe just go and s- go to the Hi Fi Bar and see uh, a, five, of, a lineup of five comedians yeah. uh, until two o'clock Super in the morning. Band. And there's a giant, and the, doesn't at, exist. But I mean, if you just watched, no. No, it doesn't. Um, if you just watched it on, say, Channel 10 and you saw from the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, you would see the gala. Yes. Which they show around the start of the festival. Usually, usually within the first week. Within the first week or so they show it. Um, and then later in the year they chop they chop all the pieces in, of the gala. So the gala is made up of lots of different stand-ups doing a couple of minutes of material. And then they chop it into bits and then later in the year they repackage it as some sort of gala special with highlights from other galas. Um, okay, so just in case there weren't enough funny bits in that gala, yeah. here are more gala Here are more. Bits. And they have this infinite sort of reel of galas from the last however many years. Right. 20... Oh, it doesn't say on the front. Odd. 20 odd, I believe. or something. Yep. Um, but in terms of... So there's the gala. You might see the Great Debate, which they usually screen later on in the year, sometime in, like, August often. Mm-hmm. And then you might also see on ABC in June or July, Raw Comedy. Yep. Um, all of those are stand-up based, uh, except the Great Debate, which is formatted s- like a debate. Uh, which yeah, is pretty much stand-up as Pretty much stand-up shoehorned into a debate format. Yep. Um, but that's not in any way reflective of, of the sort of the, the breadth of shows and what the festival's like. Uh, I think sometimes people watch the gala and they say, well, I'm going to go and see that guy and her. There's one girl at least, usually. Mm. Um, and they pick out people they find funny and then they go and see the shows of that person. And what that is is instead of doing the three minutes, the, it'll be like 60 minutes or 50 minutes of that one comedian doing a show, generally. Yep. Um, and I think sometimes people get annoyed at the comedian for doing the same bit in the gala as they did in their show. So they see the same joke again. Yeah, even though it's only two minutes of a 50-minute show. Yeah. Um, and bear in mind, the thing with 
festivals is that they have to pick out then something they've done in the last year to be in that show for the gala spot, usually. Right. And they also um, need to write an entirely new show every year. So... And, and there, it's also important to remember that not everyone that's on at the gala gets onto the TV version of the gala. Well, and that's... And also to keep in mind that the... 15 people you see on the gala are generally acts who've been brought out directly by the festival. So they've brought overseas acts out. They're people who you already know from other TV shows often. Yep. Or they're people who have management. Um, In comedy, they have someone who represents them. While in the comedy festival itself, there's 420 shows this year. With over a thousand and something comedians in it, so it's really not in any way. So, so it's 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 lies is what what you're telling us. <laughs> well, it, no, I just it's just interesting to kind of I think people think that's exactly what it must be like, um, you know, because that's what you see of the comedy festival. Yeah, you think well, I see a bunch of stand ups. That's what a festival is about, but it's not at all. This 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 is one of the issues. Uh, I, I've worked at the comps desk at uh, Melbourne Town Hall Ooh, uh, for, for at least one year, mm. and Enough. Uh, plenty, plenty, and lots of people just coming up saying, "Yeah, I'm here to pick up tickets for the comedy festival." Yeah, because that's what that's what they think it is. They think it is the gala, or yes. they think it is, uh, and and it's not. So, what do you think uh, Channel Ten and the comedy festival could do as TV partners? to give a better sense of of what was happening. I don't know. I think I think the issues in the coverage are the same as the issues that are within the comedy festival itself in that there's this big gap. You see in the coverage there's raw comedy, which is brand new comics who've never done it before or have only, have never made more than $200 doing stand up. Yep. Um, doing their 5-minute spots on the ABC, so they're brand newbies. And then you have internationals and people who you've seen on television and in between there's like literally everybody else um and there's no coverage of that in any way in the media and then in terms of the comedy festival itself there's nothing really um to support them or i don't know develop them in any sort of official capacity like there is with say raw comedy or there is with the gala it's it's weird though. Like if I, if I think about someone like Simon Munnery, mm-hmm. his stand up is not necessarily. It, it's not really going to translate very well to no. to television. It did, uh, like you know, if he was on with the big gig or so, something like that Twenty years ago, right? Yeah. Then then that would work perfectly because uh, it's, it's kind of like that, that's a different element. But mm. as far as just being in a giant room full of people who aren't expecting. Uh, you know, league against tedium stuff. Yeah, uh, that's going to uh, that's going to be an issue. There, there are issues with presenting the intimacy yes. of a stand-up gig at the comedy festival, and also like comedy is not all stand-up that is easily cut into bits to then do that way. I think the, the wonderful thing about the show is that you see people stretching themselves out into doing fifty-minute shows that have a narrative and you know, working with other performers and, and, you know, using the space and interacting with the audience in some ways. But then you watch the gala and, and you only see the kind of comedy that does fit into that format. Yeah. Um, which I think then limits the language people have for comedy. They they don't 
you know, they don't see it the same way. And I don't have any solutions for that. But you think they are doing themselves a disservice? Yeah, I think they are. I think I think the need for it to be punchy and, you know, it, it sort of caters to a very specific kind of idea of what comedy is. And that's not necessarily the best of what comedy can be. And certainly as, as one of, if not the biggest comedy festival in the world... I, I think I think it extends beyond that, though. I think I think what what you're talking about is a great example of the problems with comedy on television in mm. general. Yes, yes, and I was thinking that earlier as well. Uh, it's a lot easier to get something that is broad mm. on onto onto TV, and also the thing is with that sort of broadness um, and that sort of conversational style that you get from those. <laughs> you get from those stand-ups is then you can put them on all the different panel shows you can do you know what i mean you can get them to do all those different things and wheel them around to all the different stations Mm. for publicity whereas if that's not what they do it's not as easy to fit into the format of what media is you know do you think uh as someone who's been involved in in comedy festivals uh for, for a long time do you think that uh the comedy festival should have a television partner, or would it be better suited to? Because uh, uh, if I'm Channel Seven and Channel Ten is the mm, is the television, not then I don't want to promote no. uh, comedy festival acts. So, so is that holding them back? I don't know. I think it's it's sort of an interesting question. The comedy festival obviously has a television partner, and they also have a, a newspaper partner. Um, it's been the age for years and years and years, and then last year it changed to the Herald Sun. Which which was a, a, a great thing. It was you a great know, thing because it opened up the comedy festival to a bunch of people who had never heard of it. Really. Absolutely. And it also, I mean, while there were some issues with it, there's always going to be issues and comedians love to complain because they love talking all the time. Um, I think the coverage is then in the Herald Sun, which they do a lot more of than The Age ever did. And also The Age still do pieces about the comedy festival as well. Yes. So I think there's some value in shopping around, if not, you know, um, having a partner necessarily, but, you know, using those different um, stations to cover the festival because it's not just that kind of audience. And Channel 10's a very specific kind of audience as well. You know, that sort of 18 to 35, I think, and, is and the main is, target. It, it is a demographic that... Uh that the comedy festival definitely wants, of course. But but yeah, but is it but limiting to the exclusion of you know all the others as well? Oh, that's all, that's all very interesting. Thank you very much, Courtney. Anytime. If you watch one thing. <laughs> Hooray! Hooray! Hey, Brad. Yes. If you, just off the top of your head, if you were going to watch one thing this week, what would it be on ABC2 at 10.23 on a Tuesday? <laughs> no, there, were, there were some good ads while I was watching some stuff last night, uh, for, I think for that exact time. Really? Because yeah. I just pulled that time out of nowhere. Um, uh, out of nowhere. Jeez, what was it? Uh, Lewis Black's Root of All Evil. I think I think uh, Paul F. Tompkins is going to be on <gasps> Paul this F. Tompkins, week. guest of uh, last year's uh, Melbourne International Comedy Festival and wow. a very funny man. Uh, Sexist. Interesting. Uh, what? <laughs> he is. He's got a moustache and everything. 
Uh, he looks like a, a shorter Kevin Klein. Aww. So it's uh, the, the case that. is NRA versus Peter, and uh, it's Paul F. Tompkins versus Andy Kindler. He might know from... Uh, I read his books on my little uh, device. <laughs> my new Coco device. Uh, yeah. What is... There can't be a higher recommendation than that. Yeah. I read his thing on a thing. Uh, Kindler. Kindler. I'm my Kindler. No. It's I'm... about the Kindler. No, no, here's the, uh, the side man on uh, <laughs> Conan O'Brien's show. Okay. Oh, he's got a show. He has a has side he? man. Oh, Conan's got a yeah, show. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Conan's got a show now. I thought he hey. got fired. He did, and then he got another show. Bye. But... John uh, Goodman or something. Yeah, Andy Kaufman didn't follow him or whatever. That he catches on uh, Jim. Yeah. I, I, I'm Jim. Jim. Channel Nine's Jim. Got it. Brett, thank you. On, no, Lewis, Lewis Black. Lewis, Black. Lewis Black's Root of All Evil is on ABC2 Tuesday night. And Saturday night. At 9.30. So, well, Friday night. Very late 10 23. Night. 10 23. Tuesday night, 10.23. Courtney Hawking. Hi. If, if you were going to nose the microphone... <laughs> What I, show I was nuzzling you, it. What show would you nuzzle it towards? Kids. I would watch Q&A because I watch it every week. I can't help myself except when I'm too depressed and I can't deal with it. Then I don't watch it at all. Um, but most weeks I do because I like tweeting about it. I've had a tweet on it. Oh, you have? It's pretty exciting. It was a big moment in my life. Now, Courtney, Is um, that a paid gig? <laughs> I get seven cents from the ABC. Nice. nice. Once, once they finish development, Courtney, um, are you going to get the ABC's set-top box so that you can have your tweet stream over no. every show that you watch? No, because I have no? Twitter for tweets. Good. I still continue no, to have that. Box. No, I have my own box. I don't need another box. If I was going to watch one thing this week, I would watch Danger 5. Monday, the 26th of March at uh, 9.30pm. No, Danger 5. Danger 6. Danger 5. Okay. Uh, SBS 1, 9.30 on Monday nights. This is a show. This is a show made in Adelaide. (laughs) Really? Yes. I was just there. Made in Adelaide uh, about a a force of five special agents. Who Who need to get the fuck out of Adelaide. Who are constantly... Uh, at war with Hitler and his armies. And to, do they know to take he's Hitler dead? Out. No, no, no. This is during it's the a, war. It's a period piece. It's oh, a period okay. piece. Yeah. During and, the uh, war in the 1960s. And their mission, piece their like mission is, to, is to kill Hitler. It's chocolate. Uh, but at last, uh, I saw an episode from, from two weeks ago uh, where uh, uh, Mengele uh, had, uh, had created a race of lizard men to help the Nazis overtake the world, Hasn't and right? uh, and or, or dinosaurs with the cri- the controlling crystals. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, this is one of the funniest. I, I'm glad that John's not in at the moment. <laughs> Would he be freaking out? Because this is one of the funniest Australian TV shows I've seen Uh-oh. in a long time. Controversial. Sorry, John. John doesn't listen to this bit. Okay. Uh, da- Danger Five is. I mean, it is. It it's is no more, Outland. It's no Outland. They are completely different shows. Danger Five is one hundred percent silly. Does, why doesn't Outland have more Nazi lizards? Why doesn't it have more Nazi lizards? Why doesn't every? This is something that John, I think, is going to fix in Outland Series Two. I think Tony Abbott is a Nazi lizard. I don't want to even go into that. I'm pretty sure that's speaking of them. lawsuits. Uh, the uh, it is is Sata, really Sata, like a really funny Danger Five. I so it has these external shots almost taken directly from Thunderbirds. Every, Except with, in Adelaide, models. Every external no, every external shot is a model, and uh, and you can see all the strings and stuff in things. Like and it's person, uh, and, and it's all like overdubbed, like an Italian 
uh, like an old Italian movie right. where they uh, overdub the the dialogue. So oh, I'm not. I think the more you talk, the less I like it. Oh, which Courtney, is I think you dangerous. would like it. I think you would like it. And, and, and you know what? Recurring jokes as it goes through. Just yeah, to just to help. Just just to help a little bit. I thought I would hate it because a it's from Adelaide and and being from Moorabbin, I am genetically <laughs> predisposed to questioning anything that comes out of Adelaide. Mm. Uh, and uh, and secondly, the creator is some twenty six year old. Oh, what? Uh, so and and as a, a, a man approaching forty, uh, slowly but approaching it, uh, I am genetically slower and slower. So so I'm genetically predisposed to hating anything that young people do. Well, so twenty something. Yeah. Don't say that. <laughs> I haven't been able to kill that, but I wanted. So to. so I turn this on thinking, yeah, mm. impress me, Wunderkind. And. Loved it. Yeah, loved it. Loved it. Danger 5, 9.30pm, SBS1 on Mondays. That's my one thing. Sweet. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. So we're horribly over time, but Brett... Paul F. Tompkins was in a show uh, that uh, started in the US this last season called The LA Complex. He was in episode one of it. And and Courtney, him and and that that, that woman from uh, from 24, who was the computer whiz in 24, but she was also... uh, Anyway... She was, I don't have Toby Halligan here to, to look this up, but she was also in Larry Sanders' show. Uh, she took over from Janine Garofalo as the booker oh. uh, in later series. Anyway. Was it a good show? So they were... What, the LA Complex? Yes. They were uh, playing themselves as uh, as uh, stand-up comedians. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is one character in the LA Complex who wants to be... Who's, who's a budding stand-up. Like he, Orny Adams. Yeah, kind of, kind of like I don't know who that is. Oh, in Se- Seinfeld. Yeah. The documentary about him com- coming back to stand up. Oh, uh, yeah, the excellent, excellent young, documentary. Young up and coming stand up yes. who was total pain in the ass. Orny Adams. Orny Adams. Uh, like, and he's just trying, his jokes are terrible, but he's trying. He's getting, you know, fairly good gigs. Yeah. Uh, and Paula Tonkins and this and this woman are, are kind of backstage, uh, and he comes off stage, and. And they give him shit about how bad his jokes were. Oh. No, that's no good. I don't like that. And and I, I, I watched this and went... You know, I've spent a fair amount of time backstage at stand-up gigs. Mm. And I've never seen that happen. I've seen people not talk to people because their show was, that, that, was awful. Re- that awful. But I've seen, I've seen people go up to newcomers mm. and, and try to help them. Were they, and was, just, were they, was he like... Pretending to be in on the joke, like oh no, they were just kind of bullying him. They were just him. being bullies. Yeah, that's they were awful. just going, oh, why don't you, uh, why don't you go back to cleaning mm. carpets with your nose, or yeah. you know, just saying horrible awful things, things to him. That's only I've only ever had that happen to me once um, when I was like little. I was like eighteen. Hmm. Um, and so you were just starting out, just just starting out, tiny baby, we starting out, and. Um, that it was this awful venue that doubled as a strip club for the other four nights of the week that right. they didn't have comedy on. And so there was an inherent dislike of women yep. and 
you know, some guy had a bit of a go at me. But that's the only time. It's certainly not something that I would say, oh, yeah, that happens all the time. So, Sam, really? But, but a comedian had a go at you. Well, comedian. He was on the bill. Right. But, yeah, so someone on the bill, someone on the bill had, had a go at you. Daniel the, McPherson. <laughs> No. Not the build oh, not a the show. No. Pay attention. Keep up. Tosh. Really? <laughs> uh, the, and, and this is the thing. It doesn't ring true. No. And as a comedian, I'm wondering why Paul F. Tompkins would agree to doing something that was so unlike a comedian to do. Yeah, that's really strange. Was there a wider plot point that they needed to build to with that? I mean, what was the... Just that, just that he found comedy discouraging. Like the thing is, he could have found comedy discouraging by just having three bad gigs in a row, and which also, he did do. And also, they could have just ignored him, and that would have made the same point. Yeah, you know. But no, that's certainly not something that I know anything about. But yeah, but look at me. Would you mess with me? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mess with you. No, no you carrying knives all the time. <laughs> You know. I was carrying us. That brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode two hundred and ninety nine. Next week, we will uh, we will bring you our three hundredth episode that we recorded live in Austin, Texas. I can't wait to hear it. I'm so excited. It's uh, you know, it's pretty good. It it's better a pretty be good show. Better be. You know, the people there they're still talking about it. <laughs> Have you recorded that too? They're, they're still talking yeah. about it. No, I ran out of tape. Oh, okay, so no, no special people in the special premium seats don't get audio recordings of people in Texas talking about it a week later? No, people who paid $400 actually got their own private stenographer <laughs> in the room to give them a transcript. Ten points for use of the word stenographer at this time of night. Thank you very I'm much. I'm impressed. Thank you very much, Connie. Until next week. Oh, if you, want, if you do want to send us stories uh, about how people you know how your grand watches TV, hooray at boxcutters.net yeah, or you can it. use the contact list, contact us link. Or just write, write in you and say even, hi. Uh, record it and send us. Sure, a, you a can thing. record it and send it in. Try, yeah, just make it more difficult for everyone, Fred. Jeez. Just send us emails. Just we love your... Keep it punchy. punchy. send smoke signals to your stenographer. <laughs> Till next week, my name is Josh Canal. My name's Courtney Hawking. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Cutters is produced by Josh Canal with Brett Cropley and John Richards and help from Courtney Hocking and Dave Lawson. John Richards edited this episode. Peter Wilson from Soup Giant is the man behind making sure you can actually download stuff. He's good that way. We'd like to thank 3RRR, the greatest radio station in the world, for letting us use their studios to record this podcast. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you listen to radio the old-fashioned way. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can show your appreciation by leaving a positive review on iTunes or maybe just telling some friends what they're missing out on. You can also donate actual cash money to us by using the donate button at the top of our website. Donating helps keep the show alive and makes us smile. Our website is boxcutters.net and you can find all sorts of ways to contact us there. You know what? I did. I did go to heaven. There was one point. There was one point where Glenn and I were walking. Uh, Brett went to buy shoes. Uh, that is actually, I think, what happened. You I think went, I walked a lot further. You, you, you went to buy shoes, shoes. and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Glenn and I were walking, and we we came across a, a bar that was outside of of downtown Austin. Mm. Uh, don't remember the name of it, but I can tell you it's on West Lynn and Fourth. Good. If you're in Austin, I'll keep that in mind. Uh, and uh, and. 
Walked into this bar. Jeopardy is playing on the bar uh, on the bar TV, <laughs> and everyone in the bar has stopped to play along with oh, Jeopardy. That sounds awesome. So we get a few beers, and then, and then, that was an old episode of Jeopardy. And then there's a new episode of Jeopardy following it. So it was an hour of Jeopardy. <laughs> and Glenn's turned to me and he's gone, you're in heaven, aren't you, Josh? <laughs> yep. Hell that was, yeah. That was so good. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I don't even know if Brett bought his shoes. I did. Oh. Yeah. That's well, right. And that's, no, that's no, what no, makes it that a happy that story. Day, Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters. <laughs>